Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Raptors Over Everything Podcast. My name is Emmett Mann. Rate, review, and subscribe on YouTube. Like, thumbs up. Do all that fun stuff because it's muchly appreciated. Joining me today, Corey Toloba. Man, what's up? How are you? Hey, uh, I'm doing awesome, man. This is my my time of the year. We got NBA Finals. We got draft. Uh, I'm I'm living my my best life right now. So I appreciate you uh, having me on the show. It's the most wonderful time <laughs> of the year. Yes, it is. Um, prospects, best players in the NBA, going toe to toe. I'm very excited for uh, for Game Six coming up tomorrow because I don't know. Got a feeling these uh, Celtics, they're going to force game seven. But then you just think that Warriors are the Warriors. Like, they're that good. They're finding their stride. Clay Thompson looks amazing. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see what happens there. It's uh, I feel like Steph's he smells it right now. You know, like, he knows, like, the one thing people have on him is he doesn't have the finals MVP, but he's so yeah. close he could taste it. You know, I I, I said Warriors in six uh, before Me the too. series, so I'm, I'm sticking with it. I think they close it out in, in Boston. Yeah, I mean, it would be a terrible thing for all those people in Boston. I'm not sure if Boston's going to make it through the night if that happens. They got to see a championship <laughs> on their own home floor. But I mean, these are the steps towards stardom and being a championship team. You got to fail a little bit. That's yes. how it goes. But yes, so with Corey, we're going to go through, we're going to get really specific. Like we, uh, we did a podcast the other day and it was looking at more of an overarching look at some of the players that the Raptors may draft. But now with Corey, we're going to get really, really intricate with it. And we're talking five to seven, eight names, something like that. And I would think that it's probably going to be one of these guys just based on their profiles. And thankfully, Corey's done some great research and we're going to go through the names and how they fit. First off, Jalen Williams, not to be confused with Jalen Williams of a different school. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, Jalen Williams from Santa Clara, not Jalen Williams from Arkansas. Although he's, very, coming, although he's coming up, though. He's also coming up as a Raptor player. He's two very different players, though. Yes. Uh, Jalen Williams from Santa Clara is a 6'5", 6'6", guard with a 7'2 and a half wingspan, uh, who to me is one of... I, you know what? I don't even know if I can consider him a true sleeper in the draft community anymore, which mm. he was through most of the process. He's kind of gotten a little bit of shine recently, especially after the combine, after he tested really well athletically and measured really well. But I think for fans that are maybe still tuned into the NBA season and haven't switched over to draft mode yet, I think he's one of the true sleepers in this draft because this is a kid who played, you know, a, on the West Coast late at night. You know, I'm from New York. Uh, you know, people on my side of the, the country, uh, we're not staying up to, to watch guys like him on that yep. with that time zone. We got work in the morning. You know what I mean? We got to wake <laughs> up. So a, a lot of people probably hadn't seen him play a ton of basketball. But when I look at the way that he plays the game and maybe it's particularly from this draft specifically, 
I love his playmaking so much. I think he's yeah. one of the three best playmakers in this entire draft. I mm. think that he could, and he could be the best playmaker. And that, again, I think that says a lot about the point guards in this class, sure. but uh, he does stuff with the ball that really make you open your eyes and go, wow, that was, that was really impressive. That's NBA level stuff. Um, and he does it, you know, attacking closeouts he does it operating out of the pick and roll where he plays with such a, a maturity a poise um plays at his own pace it really feels like he's been doing this for years just at, at like as a yeah. five-year vet um and then he could score too he could shoot and you know one of the interesting things about him is that when he was in high school he was like 5'10 but he still had like really long arms and, and big feet so he was like kind of clunky and awkward mm. and you know which is something that happens as people grow into their body so he had to kind of learn to finish like below the rim with all these really crafty finishes. And he still has that in his game, even though now he's grown and he's more athletic and he knows how to use his athleticism. So he's one of those guys who like has athleticism, but doesn't have to use it. And I think the really high feel skilled players, that's the trend. That's the direction of the modern NBA game. And I just feel like he's a perfect fit. Uh, I do think that he's one of the guys that may go a little bit earlier, a little bit before the Raptors yeah. pick, but to me, like he is a, a no brain. If he's on the board, like run to the podium and, mm -hmm. and take him. Yeah. I mean, that's uh that's the only thing that comes up for me is that he may not be there at, uh, at that spot, but everything you're talking about is absolutely right. He even shot 40% from three and there's still room for growth with his jump shot. And then on the defensive end, you can see those like natural skills there. He has like a nose for the ball and he's very good at screen navigating, getting in passing lanes and, taking rollers and cutters. I think from that perspective, like he's going to work on the defensive end. And if you are not doing that on the Raptors, then you're probably not going to play. So uh, it's very good that he's doing that. What are your thoughts on the other Jalen Williams? Do you think he's going to be at 33? Uh, I think there's a much more realistic chance. I, yeah. I think that he, I, you know, when you get to the second round, there's a lot of like, you know, political stuff behind the scenes. There's a, you know, with agents, um, uh, the Raptors are picking yeah. early, so I, I think that sure. there's probably a little bit less of that. But uh, I I think his range really could be from like yeah back end like 27, 28, 29 to like he might go in the 50s. Hmm. You know, like I think he really has that wow. wide of a range as far as where he could land. So could he be there? I would say that he probably will be there. Uh, but there's always a possibility like a team like, you know, uh, the Warriors, if they decide to keep their first round pick is like, sure. oh, you know, we could use some front court depth. Uh, there's always that possibility. A sneaky theory that I have is that a lot of players like Jalen Williams, and this kind of goes to what you're talking about, is that they just may not be drafted as early as we potentially think just because the six, eight. 3 and D is at such a premium these days that teams are just like, we have to get some of these guys because we're falling behind. No, Look no further than the Warriors and Celtics and the Phoenix Suns, Toronto Raptors. These players are really important nowadays. And the trend could change, but right now I would think that there are a lot of teams thinking that we got to address this and we got to address this quick. And fortunately, this is why the range is so, uh, so vast for a lot of these players is that they may not have the skill of a person at the 20th overall, but because of the skill that they have, the height, the wingspan, they might go earlier. And I would love to see him make a, be on the Raptors because I think he'd really help. How that uh, affects players like Malachi Flynn, Delano Banton, other guards is interesting. But the Raptors, they do need help here as a more playmaking, more ball handling. 
it's cool that they got Scotty Barnes and Pascal Siakam doing it. And I think that's an important part of their half court offense, but sometimes you just need someone else to hold the ball and it can't be Fred Van Vliet. That's why he got injured. He was on the ball way too much. He had to handle it way too much. And then he broke down, he hurt himself. And then the Raptors lost his 76ers. I don't want to see that happen again. All right. So they need yeah. someone else. And I think Jalen Williams, um, it could be in spot minutes. It could be, I mean, he's already a very smart player. So you could see how he could potentially, you know, come playoff time in 2023. Maybe he's, able to solidify a role as he gets more experience. I like the pick. I just don't know if he's going to be there, but I hope he is. <laughs> <laughs> How about we go to John Montero? He's another guy that you have on this. Yeah. So he's probably like out of the list of guys that I gave you, he's pretty clearly like the outlier, mm-hmm. um, you know, because I think, and I even wrote about this at, at no ceilings NBA.com earlier this year. Like I, I wrote a piece called what would Masai do? Because, you know, as you kind of touched on the trend with, you know, the, the Raptors with the Clippers, with the Celtics, it's like, you need these big wingy players that are switchable up and down a lineup and, and bring that versatility where they're almost positionless. Right. Yes. But Masai also, it seems like has uh, a thing for another kind of archetype, maybe a, a little bit less so, but you know, he has Fred Van Fleet, who's a shorter guard, who's feisty defensively mm. and could create his own shot. I think he saw similar things in Malachi Flynn, who I was really high on in that draft. You know, uh, I, I've heard he maybe, I don't know if it was his dad said, said some weird things. Yeah, um, Eric's been very busy on, on Facebook, not on Twitter, <laughs> yeah. not on IG. He's been very busy on Facebook, making some comments. Uh, yeah, I'll stop. I'll end but, it there. But the the... The fact is he represents a similar archetype, like, you know, a kind of a a guy who can create his own shot, playing the pick and roll. And it's, you know, was good defensively as a prospect. And I see a lot of that with Jan Montero as well. This is a guy who was projected to be a lottery pick coming into the year. Now those Mm -hmm. rankings mean very little. There's, you know, just a few of the, those guys left standing actually still ranked in the lottery, but he does have that pedigree. You know, he, he played professionally overseas. He has real experience. I think one of the reasons he dropped is he was, you know, the, the main guy in this overtime elite experiment, which really is an experiment. It's year one. And it's, it's hard to kind of compare the talent that he was playing against versus what these guys in college are doing or what the guys in the G league Mm -hmm. are doing, because unlike the G league, which last year had its first year, you could see they were playing against pros in an NBA offense. Right. Like there was no kind of there was a clear vision of what they could bring to an NBA team because you were seeing it with the overtime elite. It was uh, much more murky because it was very much so like an AAU up and down setting. It it was very rarely this structured, organized. Can this guy run a team? It it was more raw talent. And I thought that Montero when you really watch the games on mute, by the way, uh, because, you know, I wasn't a fan of the announcing, but I'm a little bit older. I'm not the target audience for that. Uh, when I watched the games, he really flashed a lot of the things that I think successful NBA guards show. Yeah. So, you know, uh, one, I think that people don't talk about his defense enough. I thought he was really feisty. He had unbelievably quick hands. Like he really like cares on that end and showed it. Uh, especially on the ball, off the ball, you know, uh, you know, he played the passing lanes well, but positioning again, the style wasn't very conducive to, to breaking that down. But, uh, and then offensively, while the percentages were not the best to me, it's like, uh, not to say I throw out that context completely, but 
because of the nature of how it was up and down, very loose, fluid, you know, he's taking shots he's just not going to take at the next mm. level. And, you know, I, I look at it similarly to like when LaMelo was playing in the NBL, like he had no structure. He was firing up shots that were insane. It was almost like, you know, yeah. deep behind the, it was almost like a turnover half the time, you know, probably <laughs> more, 75% of the time, because it was just sure, sure. a shot. Nobody's going to be able to hit that often. And I think that Jan was a little bit more controlled than LaMelo in the NBL, but he still would, you know, shoot deep behind me, the three point line, trying to show off his range but I like that he got to experiment. I like that yeah. he got to push his boundaries and see what he was capable of and what he wasn't capable of. Um, I see a lot. I like, I see shades of guys like Fred Van Vliet, maybe shades of Darius Garland, but I also see shades of like Roddy Bubois, like on the downside, you know, Mavericks <laughs> legend. So I, I think though, when you're looking at where the Raptors are picking, I think it's a great value pick. If that's kind of the direction that Masai yeah. um, wanted to go, because this is a guy who has the pedigree, you know, and just went to a situation that maybe hurt his value a little bit, which means mm. that it's an, a good opportunity for another team to come kind of, you know, steal a guy. Yeah. This is the bigger question that I'm struggling with, with Masai and the, the approach of the rappers in this draft is that they could go five different ways with it. And there's no clear direction. They have already have a lot of these six, eight guys and they have some yeah. Waiting in the wings too. They got Justin Champagne. They got Delano Banton, who isn't a six eight, but he's certainly you know a six seven point guard who could right. probably fit the mold. It's like, what is their plan with this draft? And I don't really know. Right? They could decide, you know, that we're going to get more guard depth. They could decide that we want a center, which we'll get to in a second. They could decide that just because of the premium of these six eight guys, like why not bring in more? Like just get as many as we can because we know that eventually the league is going to have a whole bunch of them. They're going to come from overseas. They're going to come from different leagues just because teams need these lengthy, uh, lanky uh, defenders. And so for the Raptors now, it's like how much do they prioritize a player like him? Because he's turning 19. Um, he still has room to grow. He's 6'2 right now, but I mean, by the time he's 22, maybe he's 6'5". I don't know. It's possible. <laughs> it's and possible. How yeah, and how quickly do they want this player that they get in this draft to help the team next season? Because you could see probably him spending a, a season with the 905. It would be a great experience for him. And then a couple of years down the road, maybe he's a stable backup point guard, point guard, whatever happens with the team. I don't know. I, it's really hard to tell with the Raptors. That's why what's so intriguing about this pick. But in the end, just looking at the, the highlights of John Montero, he's already got a real potential as a three-level scorer. And that is a hard thing to say about any player coming out of the draft is that they got like a real shot to be a legit three-level scorer. There are players in the NBA now who are not three-level scorers and are probably never going to be. And they are also point guards, <laughs> but he's got like a real shot to do that. And his IQ, his passing ability, he's like a true floor general and the ball handling is great. His shot has some work to that needs, you know, some work there, but that's okay. Every guy needs a, <laughs> some work on their shot unless they're like a- sure. <laughs> yeah, unless we're like a Matt Thomas. Shout out Matt Thomas back in the day. Um, yeah, Bulls legend. Absolutely. And Raptors legend. And too. Raptors you, legend. Yeah. Utah Jazz legend. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you definitely see it. And that uh, game against um, Team USA in the Nike Hoop Summit game, um, I looked at this, this a few months ago. 23 points, three assists, one rebound, two steals. Loves the spotlight. That was four a big threes. game. Yeah. yeah, four threes, right? And the shot looked pretty good. And he was managing the game. He did a great job. And that's like a high leverage situation for him personally. And he succeeded. That kind of mentality is hard to find. And defensively, you just got to trust that he indeed does want to play defense. That is half the battle. Do you want to play defense? And if you do, if you want to get into players, that's going to help um, yourself make uh, some, get some notches with the Raptors coaching staff, Nick Nurse, Masai, and they're definitely looking out for that. Yeah. yeah okay. 
So next name, let's go with, you had Peyton Watson, UCLA, which I love. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I mean, one, Peyton Watson for me, easy no-brainer second round pick because mm. uh, this is a kid who, again, he was another one of these high pedigree guys, supposed to be top 10 coming into the year and went to a situation where he's kind of raw, had a major growth spurt in high school, and now he's going to a team that their ultimate goal was to win a national championship. You know, yeah. they had two veterans coming back in Johnny Juzang and Hami Hawkes Jr. Like, this is a team that was going to compete. Uh, they had a lot of depth, and it was probably the wrong decision for his ultimate draft stock because he didn't get the opportunities to play no. uh, to the minutes that you would have wanted to see. Right. The, and, and don't get me wrong. The jump shot is far away, but like this is a kid when he was on the floor, you actually felt him on the floor. He was doing stuff out there. He mm. was trying to make an impact, even if it was going to be in five minutes, the game. And like, to me, I, I'm not writing him off as a, a high level prospect, especially because some of the Intel that I've done behind the scenes, like, you know, tells me that I'm on the right track there. There are people that are believers in his game. Yeah. So I, I see that. And then you look at the physical tools in the profile, right? Like this is kind of one of those Maasai guys, you know, he's six, eight, he's versatile, he's long, he's athletic, he's a little raw, but he's an upside guy that you bet on because sure. at, at the end of the day, to me, like he's going to be a positive defender in this league who's switching quickly, at least quickly to yeah, quickly, at least one to four, yeah. at least yeah. one to four. He yep. can legitimately cover guards out on the perimeter. And I think he could scale up and, and bang, you know, obviously right away. He gets a, a bigger guy. Like, you know, you put, he switches onto Kawhi. Kawhi is one of the strongest human beings in basketball. Like he's going to, you know, do what he wants with him. But like, sure. eventually when he grows into his body, this is the type of guy that you want to throw on those guys, right? Long, mm -hmm. athletic, quick twitch. He has all that. And I think there's ball handling skills to unlock that he showed in high school. And, uh, you know, as long as he goes to a, a spot that develops players, the Raptors have been doing a great job developing this kind of player. Sure. I think that, you know, he's just, uh, he's that home run swing that I actually think like the ball's coming down the middle. Like, I really think you could knock this one out of the park. It's not just mm. swinging at something in the dirt. And UCLA, their offense, it can be a little bit stagnant at times too. And I mm -hmm. think that contributes to, you know, a player like him who, I mean, for any player, like if it's a stagnant offense, you don't have a good offense for any prospect, yeah. then it's going to show in your game and it's going to show in a negative way. And that's going to impact your draft stock. Um, for him, the tools are there. Like you said, um, I, I could see him like immediately coming in and just being a player who's accepting his complimentary role. Who's going to cut, he's going to drive defensively, you know, a multi-positional athlete, right? Steals, blocks, rebounds. He's going to do that stuff off the bat. Sure. It's going to be a transition getting into the NBA and, you know, learning how to guard there, but he's going to hustle. And he strikes me as that kind of player that will give you that second effort, second, third, fourth effort on, on plays. Yeah. And that takes time usually for a lot of players to realize that they have to do that. But I think he's already there, which is a credit to him. The, the thing that I like about him too, is like, I'm big on kinesthetics and how guys move on the court. And nice. like, I think sometimes you could just like, if you went and he was playing at LA fitness, like you could be like, Oh, that guy is, he's a basketball player. Like yeah. he's supposed to play basketball. Like he just moves like NBA guys. And you can't base your entire analysis on something like that. That would be insane, but it is something that I do look for because I just think that there's like a fluidity that NBA players have. Sure. Speaking of that, um, his pull-up shot, although the, the, where his hand is and maybe some of the mechanics were a bit off, but 
his balance and footwork are pretty good already. I would say fair or no. What do you think? Yeah. I, I mean, I, he definitely, it was something he went to in high school. It was something yeah, he went yeah. to in high school for, for sure. I, I'm a buyer in it. I, I think that, and especially in the NBA, like maybe he's not, you know, Paul George off the bounce or anything, but I think in the NBA, like shooting is the, the thing that is really easy to develop, uh, especially like in spot up situations, which I'm confident he can develop mm-hmm. into. So uh, maybe he's not that wing, you know, all-star player, but like, I think yeah. there are so many avenues for him. Like I could also see him being a Derek Jones junior type of guy where you could even like mm-hmm. play him small ball center and use him as a screener where he's just using his athleticism, yeah. passing out of the short roll. Like, and, you know, I also love that, like, I love the thought of having guys like him, Pascal, Scotty Barnes, like Ooh. all on the floor. Like, it, yeah. that's so fun. The thought of that together, just all that length, all that athleticism, all that passion, all that like defensive potential. It's like, it's very intriguing to me. The passion is an interesting one too, that you mentioned, because I think John Montero has a very similar aspect as well, that he's got mm. that energy about him and yeah. Jalen Williams. Arkansas Jalen Williams I guess I mean they both everyone so far that we've talked about has that uh, passion for the game and it kind of shows in a similar vein that Scotty Barnes does is that you just see how much they love basketball and Mm -hmm. if you want to see a player improve like I remember Scotty Barnes was getting working on his jumper and getting workout in the day the night of him getting drafted like that's that's Scotty Barnes and you could see a person like Peyton Watson doing that as well because he wants to improve you know Day by day, he wants to get going. He wants to become, uh, you know, the best version of himself. I uh, I like him too. We're we're going pretty well here. Bryce McGowan's is the next one you had, and he is probably. I mean, I'll let you take it in a second, but he reminds me of a player who's got all the offensive talent in the world. But you're just like, yeah, but is he going to do it defensively? Is he? Is he going to do it? But proceed. Well, you're not wrong, and to be completely honest, that's why we're having this discussion about him. You know, like, cause he's a, uh, a very natural scorer, like very natural, you know, like this kid, like when people say like, talk about buckets, like this is it. He, you get him in a one-on-one situation and he's going to be able to get his shot off. He gets downhill. He got to the free throw line uh, a ton this year at Nebraska. So he's like, he's aggressive. He's not afraid to struggle with too. Just but yeah, Yeah. have to struggle with that. Yep. That's, and that's one of the reasons I, I, and plus he's like, you know, he's long, he's got a good frame. He's skinny right now, but I think he's got big, broad shoulders. I saw him in person. And to be completely honest, like I wasn't all that impressed in in person. And, and I think it permeated like throughout his film, the the same way Yeah. in that, like you saw, like, is he going to get others involved? Is he going to be somebody that defends every single possession and right now the answer is no like the it's a clear answer that he's not going to do those things but part of me is like his situation his context was not good like uh you you know uh the the point guards that he played with were not necessarily like let's get the ball where it needs to go type point guards so it's like all right it's my time to shoot i better shoot it or i might not get it back that was a little bit of it um and then defensively like you know he has to give effort if he wants to make it in the NBA. Mm. He has to uh, fix his shot selection a little bit and not be so shot happy. But at the same time, he's not carrying the load on offense at the next level, especially early on. He is not doing that. He is going to be a guy who is going to have to 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Earn his minutes. Maybe he's a microwave guy off the bench. Maybe, you know, he turns out to be TJ Warren uh, ultimately at some point because he's just, that's who he is. He's a guy who's going to get buckets for your team. But there's still value in that. Um, but I, I think that when you put him in the right situation, a situation like the Raptors that has guys that are going to hold him accountable defensively, yeah. uh, you know, I think that he's a guy that could offer value there. But like if he played if both sides of the ball, even with the fact that he's not like a, a great playmaker, you're talking about a, probably a lottery pick. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's a reason that sometimes these guys are available. And he's one of the guys that I think you would bet on to outplay his draft stock if he just figures it out like 50%. I wonder how he interviews because that would be mm-hmm. a key factor. I think if the Raptors do end up, you know, getting his name called um, is right. how does he interview just based on the defensive aspect is like, are you going to get into it? And are you okay with taking a minimal role in the early going? Because we already have Scotty and Pascal and Fred and OG and all these guys right, are yeah. probably going to be, you know, priorities on the offensive end before, before you are like, we need you to do X, Y, and Z, A, B, C, D, all that, that can wait. But right now, these are the things we need you to do. I wonder if he's going to be okay with that. I know nothing about him. Like I've never talked right. to him, haven't seen an interview, but I could think Masai and Bobby, you know, approaching it like that with, uh, with an interview with them. Yeah. Mm. I mean, look for a lot of these prospects, interviews are a huge, huge part. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, I've even done, you know, so I've interviewed a a handful of prospects myself and like, I walk away going, I don't think that person probably interviewed all that well, you know, with teams. Really? And, and part, and sometimes it it's, you look at it, you're like the kid's 19, like, you know, know, he's 19 year old kids are are awkward and like, they're not used to doing this all the time. So that's part of it. But the interviews are integral and the background checks. But by the time these guys get to the interview, these yeah. teams have done so much homework on every single one. Their, the, their scouts have, have followed these guys for years. They know them inside and out. So uh, they already know sometimes the answers to the questions that they're asking. And, mm-hmm. But if, they, if the guy interviews well, I think it's always a good reflection. And when they don't and they seem disinterested or maybe they seem selfish – Obviously, that's a bad thing. Uh, I haven't heard either way about Bryce, but sure. um, I, I agree with you that it's probably going to be a major part of, of where he goes. But offensively, though, like I said earlier, there are some guys that could potentially be a three-level scorer. He will be a three-level scorer in the NBA. There's no question about it. His handle is great. His driving is great. He gets into people. His transition game is terrific. He 
draws contact. His first step is awesome. Like it's all there for him. The jump shot's going to improve and he loves dunking the ball. So photographer's dream, like he has the whole package (laughs) on the offensive end. It's just a matter of when it comes to the Raptors defensively, is he going to be, you know, that guy for them reliably? And uh, do they believe that he is indeed going to be, you know, willing to work on that part of his game. But in the end, uh, whoever does draft him is going to get an incredible offensive player for years to come. I big fan of him, man. I, I hope things kind of work out in the sense of, him being willing to take on different kinds of roles because he has potential to have like a really great NBA career. Okay. Speaking of great NBA careers and this player will have a great NBA career. He's underrated. He might not be at 33 Dale and Terry. <laughs> yes, <laughs> man. Uh, he's one of my favorite players in the draft. Yeah. I, I can't even describe if he ended up in Toronto, the vibes with him and Scotty, like last year, all you heard behind the scenes, but leading up to the draft is like, everybody loves Scotty Barnes. Like Scotty yep. Barnes is the man. Everybody wants to be friends with Scotty Barnes, like the energy, like that's what he's about. And that yep. this year it's, it's Dalen Terry. So like the vibes between those two guys would be immaculate. Like I, <laughs> that, that would be so much fun, but as a player, he just, there's so many like check, uh, so many boxes that he checks off for the Raptors. Like yeah, big positionally long multi-position versatile, um and defense yeah plays defense you could throw him on multiple positions he's uh, again you know maybe it's a reflection on the point guards in this draft i think he's one of the best passers in this draft he perfectly times and hits guys in stride that are cutting back door or in alley-oops like it it just so smoothly such good timing uh the the shot is a little funky looking but he hits him at a good clip the volume's not like great but it's certainly not broken and i think you know, he's not going to be this guy who is shooting like off the bounce a ton, especially early on. So when I look at it from like, is he going to be able to catch and shoot on kickouts from like Scotty or OG or Fred Van Vliet? Yeah. Is he going to be able to, you know, put it up cleanly off of one more? Yeah, he is. So uh, I'm a buyer of his shot. I'm a buyer of his game. And, you know, probably in like, it was probably early March. I texted, you know, a a scout that I really trust in the league Mm -hmm. and I was like, is Dale and Terry coming out or is he staying? And he was like, I think that he's staying in. That's what we're hearing right now. Or we think that he's staying at college, but okay. that, that's what we're hearing right now. And again, this is back in March. He's like, but low key, I think he's Arizona's best prospect. Ooh. And, and I was like, I see it. Like, uh, that's why I'm asking about him because like, you know, when, once Kirk Christian went down and he took the, the reins, like, the team just, they looked like they were clicking like on all cylinders. So yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think he's going to be there, but that's the fun of the draft. It's unpredictable. And like <laughs> he could be number two on the team that's picking 18th board sure. and they're number one guys on the board. And then he's go, he drops, yeah. you know, that's, that's the way the draft works. Woj and Shams are going to have their work cut out for them because they're not going to be able to get those tweets up, you know, five minutes before the pick, because I think teams are going to be like, Hmm, what do we do? I'm not (laughs) sure they're going to have their hands full. A lot of these teams, this is a really interesting draft in the sense that there may not be like the high end town, but there may, we may look back at this draft in like five years and think that, wow, there are a lot of players that actually have like roles in the NBA and they're going to be, you know, in the NBA for years to come, you know? I I agree. And I think that, and and that's, what's fun about this class. And it's also what's, it's been the most challenging class for me to like put together for like big boards and stuff, because I think that guys are so closely 
like ranked talent wise for me that it's like so much of it is going to depend on the team context that they actually end up on. And you don't know the answer to that question until the draft. Right. But I agree. I think, and I also think it's like, we're, we're going to start really seeing the turning point. and, And this could be the draft that we look back and see it where it's like all the NBA teams realize like, Oh, we do need two way players. Like we can't just <laughs> draft like the high yep. potential, you know, yep. score. We have to go get two way guys. That's what wins in the playoffs. Oh, we actually need big lengthy wings, like positional versatility. That's important. I think we could look back like five years from now and be like, Oh, the 2022 draft is where that really started to shift. Yeah. If they were to, grab him and draft him not just like is he available if they were to grab him i think this would send a message with their intentions for the rest of the rest of the season or rest of i guess the 2022 2023 season because it is a big year for anyone who doesn't know you mean you got fred van vliet who may get an extension actually this off season but um he's got a player option after next season gary Trent jr same deal there's just going to be a lot of movement within the raptors organization because i'm not sure unless they're willing to live in the luxury tax like the golden state warriors which they could i mean you should have that many good players if you just decide that we're going to live here and that's how that's how we're going to proceed for the next five years that could very well be it mlse could decide Masai, we're going to give you the good gracious go ahead do your thing but in the end like he could be a player that could spell the end for a few current raptors and they're preparing for that because they're not sure if those other guys are i'm not going to get into too many of the names but you can probably if you're a raptor fan you can probably figure out who i'm talking about um their time may be coming to an end with the toronto raptors but dale and terry if he's there and they draft him it would be a great pickup. Um, the vibes, like you said, are going to be immaculate. <laughs> I think he's going to be of the players that you're talking about. And also the person that we're going to talk about in a second here. Um, I think these two guys are the ones that I trust the most to accept their roles and just relish it and dominate it and be impact players like next season, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Justin Lewis is the mm. other guy that comes to mind for me in this role. I really like him. Yeah. Justin Lewis, I think is really underrated in this draft. Like there's almost no buzz about him. He's one of the guys I featured in that article. What would Masai do? Cause he just screams (laughs) to me like, you know, this is what Masai likes like six, seven, six, eight long, like, I mean, tree trunks for legs, like just brute strength um, and can dribble and, and he could shoot it. Like, and I think defensively, he's probably, he's not, the top guy out of this group defensively but i actually think that like he's got good defensive potential he just needs to be coached up on that end a little bit but like i think he gives good effort he's shown flashes and he's one of those guys that i think we're going to look back and be like man why did this guy drop to the second round this doesn't make sense like he he represents everything we've talked about and discussed he represents that you know he's he's not necessarily the same as like scotty as a playmaker or anything but like he offers unique skills at his size that i could really see him developing in the raptors system to like be a player similar to og and and i think i mean you can if you get a guy like that at 33 like what are we talking about here like exactly that's, you know home run on a podcast I did yesterday, I made that a very example. I'm like, he reminds me when I look at him play in college, he reminds me of OG Ananobi just because he, he's, he's got, it's kind of awkward the way he goes about things, but actually he's a bit more fluid than OG was in college. Mm. And the way he plays, I mean, 17 points, eight rebounds, 44% from the field, 
35% from three, 35% is pretty good at this stage. And I mean, he's got the leaping ability. He's got a bit of a pull up to him. Um, probably the Raptors would tweak his jumper a little bit, but you could already see how he'd be able to play the four in the NBA at 235 pounds. OG for anyone curious, he's 230. This guy's 235. So there you go. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's just a matter of like that lateral quickness, which I think the Raptors would work with, but off ball as a defender, I think he's a bit more elite than some of the other guys we've talked about, because I think he, again, he really relishes it. He wants to, you know, poach big men when they're not looking, he wants to, you know, get in the lane and block shots and he wants to take charges right off the bat. I wonder, uh, you know, if the Raptors are going to end up taking him because he's a pretty decent fit. Yeah. And, uh, I also think he's like one of the guys we talked about who you can most viably see switch on to fives because he is so strong, especially like yeah. his core and his leg, his base. Like you could really see, like nobody's going to be like, let me throw it on the block and let, uh, let's post him up because mm-hmm. he's just, he's a brick wall. Like it would be like going up against a brick wall. Yeah. So like, I think that that's something diverse where a lot of these, you know, six, eight wings, they have versatility. They could play in a pinch, but like, I legitimately think there's going to be teams that he could just play the five against. Um, sure. Not every, not every team in the league and no, not, I, for I hear an enti- not for an entire yeah. game, but certainly situationally, maybe for a couple of minutes where you're really trying to go small. And uh, I think it's an interesting wrinkle. Seven, two wingspan and yeah. the backup uh, center position. We're going to get to some centers in a second here, but it's a bit fluid at the moment. I mean, yeah, they got a lot of different people they, they could throw out there, but if they have someone who's willing to take a few bumps while Scotty and Pascal or OG are able to, you know, go do offensive things. Um, that sounds pretty good to me. And uh, as a cutter, I like him there too. I think he could he'll attack closeouts. He's got um, some sneaky kind of physicality to his driving. I think he's going to get into people. He's going to make them feel his presence on, on his drives and he's going to take some bumps and he's going to be relishing being able to take those bumps because he loves playing that way. Contact is his name and that's kind of, that's his mold. Um, I could see him being a Raptor in a couple days. That's, that's yeah. where I'm at with him for sure. Okay. So we're going to move to some centers and with the center position. Um, I'm not even sure where I'm with the Raptors and centers because they got pressure to two. And I think they have a lot of faith in him, but do they, I mean, you hear the rumors, Ru- Rudy Gobert, uh, Deandre Ayton, all these things are coming up. Are they coming from the Raptors? Are they coming from people who think that the Raptors need players like that? I don't even know if they do. Um, you know, defensively, both those guys that I mentioned, Gobert, Aiton, they're uh, great, but they're also going to be a premium. And so maybe you can find players that are going to be able to do it a lot cheaper than uh, than those players, especially, you know, in the draft. That's a great way to do it. It's like you have so many players who are going to be very expensive in, uh, in the coming years. So if you can get a, a center at a cheap price who's got some really high upside, it's not a bad idea. But looking at the players that they've worked out, there haven't been that many centers, but there have been a lot of six, eight wings. You know, and there's been a lot yeah. of, you know, and if they're not them, then it's going to be like a Dale and Terry, you know, or someone, right. some other players that probably play one to three, maybe not one to four, but they can do one to three. So the centers, I'm not sure what the Raptors are thinking, but uh, anyway, Christian Kuloko. Yeah. When I, when I gave you his name, I, I almost was like, I don't even know if it's appropriate to, to give a center on this list because, you know, <laughs> I went through the Raptors, I, I opened the Yahoo sports app and I went through the, the roster yeah. And I was like, the tallest player on the Raptors is listed at six, nine. Yes. You know? So like, and they're proud of it. <laughs> right. Like is, are they going like full tilt pedal to the metal yeah. all in on six, eight, six, nine guys, or 
you know, does it make sense to have a center on the team? So when the situation does occur, you do have somebody at least with the size to, you know, kind of man the spot and match up with whatever the other team is using to their advantage. So what I like about Coloco in this range is that uh, while he's a little bit older as a college prospect, he's still very new to the game. He grew up playing soccer. uh, He's from the Cameroon. So like there's, uh, he's still got a lot of room to grow. Whereas I think most people would look at a center who's in like their third year of college as like, this is probably what they are. I still think there's, there's room for him, but I think when you look at the soccer background, you see it in his footwork. Like this dude has such good footwork. And the first thing I go to for centers is like, what are they like defensively? If you're just going to be Ennis Cantor, right. Or Ennis Freedom, I don't need to really look at you much as a prospect. I got to see <laughs> yeah. how you hold up on the defensive end. Are you going to be able to be played in the playoffs or, yeah. or are you going to have to, are you going to be glued to the bench? I love how he moves. Like he can guard out onto the perimeter. I think he does a sensational job of getting deep into a stance, sitting down, getting long and like staying stride for stride with smaller yeah. players. And that's really important in the NBA where teams are going to look to take advantage on switches. Um, so I love that positional versatility, really great length, almost a seven, six wingspan, you know, seven foot, seven, five and a half wingspan, uh, great shot blocker, good yeah. timing, you know, like all the things that you want out of that. I think that offensively, like a uh, little raw still, but I see potential in the jumper. He killed it in the combine on the three point shooting drill, which doesn't mean, hmm. You know, he doesn't mean it doesn't mean a lot because he was not a three point shooter in college. So I'm not going to project him as one in the NBA. It's a lot easier to shoot when no yeah. one's guarding you than it is on a basketball court with people that are, you know, running, closing out on you. But down the line, I think his form, even in the mid range, which he was fine going to in college, it looks smooth enough that like a team I could see three years from now, maybe he knocks down a couple of games where he puts up a couple of games just to stretch the defense. Uh, you know, he's going to be, uh, but even without that, if he doesn't develop that, he's going to be a guy who you can run a pick and roll with and throw the yeah. ball up and lob it up and he's going to dunk it. And, and that's, you know, that rim gravity, I think is also an important thing, especially as the Raptors start adding more shooting uh, sure. around the floor. So it, th- those are the things that really intrigue me about Christian Coloco, just his background, the fact that he still has room to grow as a player uh, because of how Lady picked the game up. Mm-hmm. and the physical attributes uh, are really impressive. Yeah, no concerns defensively. He's already one of the best rim protectors, like you said, and uh, the footwork is something else that stood out to me just looking at some of the highlights is that you can see the potential as a player who can guard at the level against mm-hmm. um, a lot of different body types, player types, you know, point guards, forwards, whatever the case is. It's kind of like any center that they bring in, they got to be able to either shoot the three, which I think – may actually be like a necessity, like they have to be able to (laughs) at some point, or they got to be a a rim runner and they got to be a true lob threat. And yeah, could he be that guy? I mean, for sure. Maybe does, does he have to drop maybe a few pounds? So he's a bit more mobile. I don't, so he is able to get to the rim. Like that could be another thing that may have to happen. I'm not sure, but uh, he's definitely got the potential. And um, uh, if the Raptors do decide to go the center route, um, he's a name that would definitely be up there. I just, I'm, I wonder if the offensive side of the game could be a little bit too far behind at this moment. That's yeah, all. And that's a completely fair yeah. uh, perspective. Cause I think that he is raw. Like he's not a guy who's going to, you know, make plays. Like he's not bam at a bio where you're running like DHOs and he's hitting yeah, guys, yeah. you know uh, you're not doing that with him, but he is a guy that, 
you know, can do all the little things, play a really simplistic game. And, and maybe mm-hmm. that's a guy you want on your bench, maybe for 20 minutes, that's really valuable. And you mentioned yeah. like guys have to play at the level of the screen. Like if we're watching the finals, Steph Curry, the level of the screen is Ooh. no longer at the three point line. Like Al Horford's playing drop at the three point line, which traditionally <laughs> is pretty high to be playing a drop. And it is yeah. not high enough. You're no. going play at the level you got to have somebody that can move. And I buy yeah. that from Coloco. So, yeah. you know, when okay. I think of like the, the playoff context and like, I may, you know, for the Raptors, like maybe they, they have Trey in the playoffs, right? Trey's going to gotcha. stretch the floor. I think he could actually step out to the level and still recover and play the cat and mouse game, you know, okay. uh, when, and get back to his man. Yeah. Al Hofford's going through the hell of a time right now dealing with Steph Curry. <laughs> he's too old for this shit. I tell you, that's what he's thinking to himself. Um, another center that could be really interesting for the Raptors at the center position. is no Kemagate. Why do you think uh, Coloco is a better option than him? I think what it comes down to is uh, for as raw as some of the things you see with Coloco, I think yeah. Kamagate is just way more raw as a prospect. Like on the okay. offensive side of the ball, he definitely has flashes where you're like, whoa, like that, you know, yeah. and, and that's not nothing. Uh, and he's big and he does a lot of similar things to Coloco. And I think that mm-hmm. it wouldn't shock me if he went first at all. He, you know, he's a guy who, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if you're familiar with Victor Wimbayama next year is projected number one pick. Oh yeah. But he, but he outplayed him in, in that league. And, you know, he, okay. he, he's had some really impressive games, but I just think like his shot is further, further away. Um, you know, the, the touch on it, like the form is okay, but I think the touch is, uh, is, mm. is iffy. And like, I, I don't like his footwork as much, uh, as Coloco. I, I don't like how he sets screens and it's something Coloco needs to work on too. Like he, uh, he opens up the opposite way on, on yeah. rolls. So it just, you know, that extra half a second for him to turn around before he gets to the rim, like every second, every millisecond matters in the NBA. Yeah. I just think he's further away. But uh, if the Raptors took him, it means that they actually think they could bring out the massive potential that he does have inside of him. So it, sure. it's, he's definitely a guy to keep tabs on for, you know, the next week. Last name for you, just to get your thoughts. Dom Barlow, another name that is a bit trendy these days. Yes. Yes. Uh, very trendy. Uh, another guy who played in the overtime elite league with Yao yeah. Montero. This is a kid who, again, is a, a, a late developer, a late bloomer. Uh, he was found, I think, at uh, a park in New Jersey by an AAU coach who, like, <laughs> you know, like a year ago, like a year and a half ago or something, like it just happened where, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then he kind of blew up on the scene. Um, and again, it's hard. I, I implore anybody who's curious about these guys to watch some of the overtime elite games because it, it's very it's very loose there, sure. but he's athletic. Uh, he looks like he's going to be able to shoot it down the line. Yeah. He plays hard. And uh, I think that, you know, from what I've heard, he's interviewed very well. Um, he's mm. a guy with a lot of potential. I think that if he had maybe got an opportunity to go uh, to college, that he'd be a guy who you'd be talking down the line as a potential top 20 pick. Uh, so he has that kind of potential. And uh, again, he's the type of guy that Maasai values, like with yeah. his physical attributes. So that's where some of the intrigue starts with him. Uh, but you know, he's, he's definitely not a knockdown shooter yet. He has to improve there. He's not sure. a, a decision maker. He's not a guy that you're going to see making a ton of plays for, for other players. You know, he's going to run out in transition. He's going to set screens. He's going to try to knock down open shots. 
and he's going to try to defend multiple positions, but he's, he's got a lot to learn just catching up to the speed of the game and the intricacies and different schemes, but he's, he's loaded with potential. There you guys have it. There is a strong chance that someone we just mentioned will be a Raptor come next week. So keep your tabs on all those names and also keep tabs on the work of Corey, no ceilings, You can find everything there. Thank you so much for joining me. Like and subscribe and share this content because I think it was a great chat. Thanks, Corey. Hey, I appreciate you having me. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.